Okay, so welcome to our final class um, of this round for Tanya. We are going to be doing chapters 51 through 53 because they're like a section onto itself. And um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be tying everything together. So the Altareba will, you know, take us through and wrap up this journey and kind of bring us full circle, which is very, very exciting. And um, let's just jump right in and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about wrapping up after. Okay, so we are gonna go back to um, the theme that we um, started in, I think it was chapters 34 and 35, maybe, maybe just 35. But what we, remember the metaphor we talked about with the oil, the wick and the, and the flame? Okay, so we're going to elaborate a little bit on that metaphor. Do you see the sun rays coming in? How cool. <laughs> it's still light outside. It's so nice. Um, okay, so we're going to um, kind of bring that one step further, which will in turn wrap up the Tanya for us. And we're going to use that metaphor to do so. So um, the, the metaphor of the oil, the wick, and the flame, if you remember what we were trying to bring out with that metaphor is the importance of action, the importance of doing the mitzvahs, right? And um, we spoke about the um, wick being the body, right? The oil being the mitzvahs, the fuel, right? And the um, flame being the shechina, being the light that we bring into this world through our mitzvahs, okay? So we have the wick, which is the body with which we do the action, right? We have the, the oil, which is the fuel the, with the mitzvahs, right? Um, and then we have the flame, which is the light that comes from the fact um, that we do the mitzvahs. I, I wish I can turn off these notifications that are coming on my computer from my phone very distracting. Okay, so we're going to develop this. Now, it makes sense that the book that we're learning, which is called the Sefer Shel Benonim, the book of the Benonim, which means that our main job is what? What are, what is, what are we doing this whole journey? Bringing the light into the world. How? Making, making a dwelling place for God. Right, how? Through what? By doing mitzvahs and, through and action. Torah. Exactly, through action. So the whole time that we, the whole point of this book, of this Tanya, was to help us with our journey of bringing light into this world and our relationship with Hashem through action. Why? Because a bani can have perfect actions, right? We can reach perfection through our action. So it makes a lot of sense that we're going back to this idea of action right? Because the past 10 chapters, we were talking about emotion, right? We learned all these different meditations that um, were going to help us create emotions towards God, right? Awe and love and all the myriads of levels that we discussed, right? But that was emotion. Are we ever going to achieve emotional perfection? No. No, right? That's a tzaddik's job. We are not tzaddikim. We know that because very, 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 you know, less than 1%, right, of the world, you are tzaddikim. It's not the norm. So we know that we were, our, our goal is to be a striving Bainani, right? We're on this journey of, of on the path of becoming a Bainani, right? And that path is really focused on action, right? Because Moshal al Halev, right? Um, uh, impulse control. And um, we learned all, you know, a few different tools to help us with our actions. Okay. Once the Alter Rebbe went through all that, he then decided that we're, we're strong enough in our actions and we're reached that goal that then we can focus on the emotions a little bit because emotions are still important because what do emotions do? They motivate, they motivate us. us. Yeah, they motivate us. It's very hard to sustain impulse control without any motivation behind it. So it's important to work on our emotions. And so that's why we did spend 10 chapters working on our emotions. But 
We'll never reach perfection. We'll definitely help. We'll definitely get better. It's definitely worth spending the time on, but we'll never reach perfection. So that's why at the end, after we spend so long talking about emotions, the ultimate wants to make sure that we come back full circle to understanding what is it that we're here in this world for, right? To make it like Kari said, to make a dwelling place for Hashem. A tzaddik is in the world for the same thing, right? Just because a tzaddik has emotional perfection, does he still have to do mitzvahs? Yes, right? Because that's the point of this world. So that's why we're going back to this metaphor that is all about action because that's where it's at. We can't forget that action is where it's at, right? Okay, so this is how we start chapter 51. 51, um, we are introducing this theme and we have a question, okay? The question is, what does it mean? There is, there is this idea that the Shekhinah, God's presence, rests more in the Holy of Holies than anywhere else in the world. Okay, so in the temple, there was a section of the temple called the Holy of Holies, Kodesh HaKadashim, where the tablets were kept, where the ark was kept, and where the high priest went in once a year. It was extremely, extremely, extremely holy. And that is where it says that the Shekhinah, God's divine presence, was mostly found. Okay, but the question is, we know that Shekhinah, God's light, is everywhere, right? So it seems like a little bit of a contradiction. How can we say that the Holy of Holies has the most concentration of God's light if Shekhinah is everywhere? What we're doing when we do mitzvahs is bringing light into this world, right? So how do we reconcile these two things, okay? So um, to, to answer the question, we're going to look we're going to understand because we are created in the mirror image of God, right? So the best way to understand God's ways is kind of how we operate. So obviously it's not the same and God doesn't have a human form and a human emotions and all those kinds of things. But because we are human and we need to understand to the best of our ability, we're going to use our own experience to help us understand God, right? So what we're going to, how, how, how is this going to play out? You basically, we're going to look at our own body and we're going to say, you can't say that there's a certain part of your body that's more alive than the other. Okay. Your toe is just as much alive as your brain or your heart, your arm, your stomach, right? Everything in your body is equally alive. If you would cease to be alive, then everything is not alive, right? You're not part, you can't be partly dead, right? You can't have your heart beating and your toe be dead, or you can't have your toe, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you have to all be, we are all equally alive, right? But the way that we are alive in each part of our body manifests differently, right? So when our toe is alive or when our foot's alive, that manifests as the ability to walk, right? Um, when our eyes see and they're alive, that manifests the ability to see, okay? And so on and so forth. So um, we could say that the brain, right, can manifest its aliveness um, in a more intense or um, extreme way. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Is that- yeah, Can you repeat that, please? I didn't understand. Which what part? You just, said. just this last part. The brain part? So, yeah. um, so because each body manifests their, li their, living, their livelihood or their, what's the word? Life? Their life, yeah, um, differently, right? So even though our whole body is equally alive, but- um, we manifest, our bodies manifest their, um, their, what's the word I'm looking for? Their existence or whatever, I don't know, in a different way. So we could say that the brain and the heart manifest their, their um, existence differently than our toe would. Okay, I'm gonna go further, I'm gonna go further. If you still don't understand, let me know. Um, so the life force, that's what I'm looking for. 
the life force. Um, so the, the, the interesting thing is that while our whole body is equally alive, the life force that's keeping the body alive is emanating from the brain. Okay. So yes, right now my body's equally alive, but the life force is stemming from my brain. That's what's keeping the body alive. Okay. That's where all the life energy is seated. It's coming from the brain and flowing towards the rest of the body. Okay. So the brain is the headquarters for life, which is why the brain is the headquarters for the soul right? That's what we learned. The, the godly soul lives in the brain because it's the headquarters for life. So yes, we're, it's all equally alive, but not equal in the sense that the life force from God stems from our brain and that's where everything else emanates from. Okay. So the same too for God's presence of light, for the Shekhinah. Um, <clears throat> the Shekhinah. So the world Everything in the world is all equally alive, but the, the divine presence, when the temples were um, existed, right, which we'll, we'll talk about what it's like now, but when the temples existed, the a Holy of Holies was where, it was the brain of the world, right? It was where the Shekhinah, where, godly, God, where the godly presence emanated from. It doesn't make it more alive than everything else. It doesn't make it that it was more alive. It just is the source of the life force of the world, okay? So the Shekhinah, God put himself into the Holy of Holies and from there, that's where the, the divine light spread out to the rest of the world. Does that make sense so far? Okay, now. Yeah, like the sun would, the sun is in one place and right. it's giving out, rays and right so the, the source of light is the sun but the whole world can be light right, right. um right. so yes I, I i wouldn't i don't know if it's an, a perfect exact metaphor but it really works for what we're trying to say so um so the shrina the holy holies a great way to think about it is the brain of the world right that's where the life force is emanating from so hashem is equally present in the whole world right um, but the Holy of Holies is the contact point from which this godly light emanates from. So God is equally in the world, right? But the contact point for God's presence and from where it emanates from is the Holy of Holies, right? And to go back to what we you know, said right in the beginning of, of Tanya, where we talked about impulse control, right? And Moach Shalat al the brain rules the heart, right? Because that's where the source, this is where the source of life is. The source of life is in the brain. So of course, we can control our heart through our brain, right? Our soul emanates from the brain to the body. Um, and so, which does make it have a superiority over the body, right? The brain does have a superiority to the toe, right? Even though it's all equally alive, so it's nuanced, but you understand the nuance. We're all equally alive, but there's still superiority to the brain, right? Just like there's still, even though Hashem is equally in the whole world, there's still superiority to the Holy of Holies because that's the contact point. That's where everything comes from, okay? So that's chapter 51. Then, and this is why we're doing them all together, because it scooches um, seamlessly right into chapter 52, okay? So what's the brain? We learned this, but we're going to be re-just examining for a second to wrap everything up, because I love how these last three chapters kind of touch upon a little bit of everything that we've been learning for the last 53 chapters, and then make it like if any, I feel like it was, it's really tied up neatly. Of course, there's more to delve into and whatever, but it's really beautifully um, finished. So the brain is Chabad, right? What's Chabad? Chachma, Bina, Da'as. 
wisdom, understanding, knowledge. What are these things? These are our three intellectual powers, right? Who remembers how many intellectual powers we have in total? Yes, 10, 10, right? Three intellectual, seven emotional, right? We're not going to talk about this here very much, but it makes a lot of sense that our intellectual powers are birthing our emotions, right? Because everything those, starts in the brain. Are those the 10 spheros? Yes, the 10 spheros, the 10 emotional powers, right? Um, so every so these three intellectual building blocks, um, the, basically these three soul powers are the intellectual building blocks of all the worlds. What do I mean by all the worlds? All the spiritual worlds, right? Chachma Bina Da'as is the births the world, okay? There's four spiritual worlds. We're at the end of the fourth. We've discussed them before. Atsilos, Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, okay? Now, this gets a little technical, so bear with me. And then if it's not clear, please speak up, okay? From the brain of each world, okay? From the brain of each world, what's the brain? Chabad, right? The intellectual powers. From the brain of each world is going to emanate outward the life force for the entire world. Okay? You're with me so far? That brain is eventually, one second, okay, so that brain is eventually going to travel down, okay, through the worlds, and then it's going to produce the Shekhinah, God's presence in that world, and it's going to then birth and produce the next world. Okay, so I'm going to tell you exactly how it's going to go. Um, the Shekhinah is the godly energy as it dwells in each world. Okay, so when we say Shekhinah, we're saying God's light. It's the godly energy as it dwells in each world. By the way, also referred to as the mother, right? Kabbalah refers to um, the, the, the Chabad, the, the intellect, the brain of each world as the mother because that's what nurtures the world, right? And that's not too far off because we learned that, right? The, in, the intellectual intellect is birthing the emotion. So the fact that the Kabbalah correlates it to mother really, really fits, okay? So it nurtures the world. Then the energy of the Shekhinah which is where I'm going to introduce another concept here, i.e. another way that it's referred to is malchus, okay? Malchus is what? Malchus is the last of the 10 soul powers, okay? Because we have chesed, chachma bina das, intellectual. Then we have chesed, gvura, tiferes, netzach, hod, yesod, malchus, okay? Malchus is the last, not least, Right? Not last but not least. It just happens to be the end because it's the culmination of all the previous powers. Okay? So Shechina can be interchanged with Machas because it's the culmination of all the 10 spheres, which then produces the light. Okay? So I'm going to use Shechina here, but I also want you to know that Machas is interchangeable. Okay, so um, Malchus is the culmination of all the previous spheros. It absorbs and gives birth to the next world. So I'm going to draw this out for you, okay? We have Chabad. What's Chabad referred to here? The brain of the world, of the world, okay? Chabad then nurtures, right? Mothers and nurtures the world, which... Um, produces the Shekhinah, okay, which then produces the Shekhinah of that world. It's producing the light of that world, okay? Shekhinah and Malchus are interchangeable because this is the, the only, the, the Shekhinah gets um, emanated when the culmination of, of all the, the soul powers 
re reveal itself. So that's the creation of the Shekhinah, which then becomes the birthing of the next world. So the Shekhinah and the Malchus of the above world births the Chachma Bin Adas, the brain of the next world. So this is why if we've heard, I feel like I'm not being so clear, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try again. The, that's why remember we, we refer to this idea as this interlocking chain. Remember when, uh, a while ago we referred to symptom as this interlocking chain because the top of the, the bottom of the top world interlocks and overlaps with the highest part of the lower world. From one world to another. From that one world change, to another. It's link. not like it starts and stops. It, the, the end of the higher world produces the brain of the next world. Next world. Mm -hmm. Okay? So in each world, we have the Shechina of the previous world. And that becomes clothed in the Chabad of the next world, which then spreads out to the rest of the world. So the brain, what, what we're getting at is the brain is the, um, the brain is where the rest of the world gets created from, right? It's the source of, of the world, which then produces the Shechina of that world, which then culminates with producing the brain of the following world. Questions? Not very easy to When absorb. doing it hard, Okay. Okay. We're going to do this again. Okay. I'm actually going to draw it for you. Okay. So we have Atsilas. I feel bad for whoever's going to listen to this on podcast because they're not going to be able to see. We have Atsilas. I'm going to do it like interlocking chains. Okay. Happy. Kavi, you know how yeah. you're talking about four worlds, right? Yes. But there are many, many other worlds. Am I correct? Many, many, many other spiritual worlds, but these are the ones we can actually talk about and are somewhat tangible that are they tangible. Are they the closest? These ones? are the closest. Yes, okay. these are the closest worlds. Okay. okay. So on the top of each world, we have Chabad. Okay. That's the brain of the world. Um. Your hair the brain is okay the brain is what's revealing the the something from above right the brain is what's taking what's above it and revealing it downward does that make sense right you're taking the godly light that's above it processes through the brain and it emanates downward okay so then we have each world has the shina I should be writing in English, actually. Machos, which is the mother. Oh, wait, no, no, that's not the mother. That's Chabad is the mother. Um, because it's the culmination of all powers, which then produces the Chabad of the next world. Okay, so here we have, hopefully this is gonna help. Malchus, Shechina, and here we have the Chabad, which goes down. Okay. Okay, so you see my world's interlocking chains, okay? Here on the top is the Chabad, the brain of the world, right? That's what allows the previous energy, which with Atsilos, it's pretty high up, to process through the brain of this world, emanate downward, right? Which culminates in Shechina, which culminates into the, of the light, that light being expressed, right? Because it's culminating, right? It's going through all the 10 soul powers, right? culminating in the Shechina and the Malchus, which is the last of the soul powers, which then the, the Malchus and the Shechina produce the Chabad, the brain of the next world, right? And the brain of the next world absorbs the power of this world and then 
dilutes it enough for this world to be able to express it once it goes through its process. Does that make a little bit more sense? Yes, question. So I love the illustration and here's where I get, here's this whole piece of it that I don't have never understood. Okay. Yeah. When we talk about these worlds, when we talk about these four worlds, and then we talk about the godly energy and emanating, I guess I don't really understand the whole concept of these four worlds. Like, it, it's too abstract for me to like, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a real understanding of those four worlds. Okay. So I, that's what's making this difficult, but okay. I don't have that understanding. I appreciate that. And let's see if we can tackle that for a second. Why do we even talk about these four worlds? Okay. Because we have God, right? His divine light is too, um, is too saturated. It's too big for this world. So what happens is, is that God takes himself and his energies and goes through this constriction process through the worlds that I don't want to say dilutes, but I'm going to use the word for practical purposes, um, dilutes its energy or constricts its energy. So by the time it passes through these four worlds, it is ready for this world, which is when it comes down to this world, it's, it's very, has a lot of layers. So we have to now uncover those layers. But the purpose of talking about these worlds is because this is the process that God puts himself through, right? And each world he goes through constricts his light a little bit more. So it doesn't overpower the world that it's in. Okay. So this is the exact process we're talking about here. We have Atsilas, which is the highest world that we can talk about. And it's almost like direct godliness. So the, the top of Atsilas is Chabad. The brain of Atsilas is going to um, be the, the source of, of the, li the life of this world. That's going to make this world exist, okay? Then it's going to go through all the, 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 um, uh, all the, um, spheros, all the um, energies, right? So it's going to go through all the 10 energies culminating in malchus of Atsilas, the malchus of that world, which is the culmination of all the energy, which then allows it to give forth light, right? But the light of Atsilas is too great for the light of Bria, right? So then it passes through it, it, the, the, high, the lowest part of Atsilas, turns into the highest part of Bria, which then starts this process all over again, right? Until the light of Bria goes all the way through the 10 soul, all the way through the 10 powers, right? Which then the end of Bria turns into the beginning of Yitzira, right? And then starts all the way till we get to here, we're here. This is the, this is the physical world, all the way to the end of Asiya. Yes. What does, what does it mean when you say it has to go through the 10 powers? What does that mean? Go okay, through so, the 10 so powers. How it, does it do that? So that, so I've, I've, honestly, like I'm not super familiar with all the inner workings of the world, but from what I understand is that each soul power um, is, is processes God's light in a way that it can be revealed even more. So okay. it's still very intellectual. So it's not as accessible. So then it goes through chesed, it goes through vura, and it, each, each soul, each power that it goes through reveals God a little bit more and um, in a way that the world can accept it. Yes. I have an image that I'm thinking of. It's probably off, but it. it's what I'm currently thinking of. You know, those like big, um, things that you put a coin on and they like go yes. around, 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 yes. around. So I'm thinking of like one that's like really, really huge. And there's yeah. like a big, really big coin yeah. that like we couldn't even, or whatever, or maybe it's really small and then it gets bigger. I'm not sure. And like each time it swirls, like the bottom of the thing, like actually goes into the next one and it like yes. changes sizes as it goes. And I don't know if the coin's getting bigger or smaller, but like something is happening to it each time that it like drops down and goes yes. to the next one. Yes. I, and I think that's a great example. Um, it's right. And it, it's, it's, that's why it's called a chain because it's not, 
we're not talking about four separate worlds, right? We're talking about four interlocking worlds that this godly light is flowing through and, and, and keeps metamorphosizing. <laughs> it keeps changing it. It's like a chameleon. It's changing its ability and its power to what that world can handle, to what is the truth for that world. So Another way to explain the Chabad of the world is the Torah of each world, right? Um, the truth of that world is going to be different, ultimately the same, but manifest differently than the truth of the world that comes before. Okay. So the ten, so the ten soul powers are not light, are not God's light. No, it culminates in God's light at the end of it. The Shekhinah comes at the end of it processing through the 10 soul, not the 10 soul powers, right? Because that's in our soul, but the 10 godly powers, right. um, which our soul mirrors. Um, and it culminates in Malchus, which the, is the ability to take all of that and then produce God's light from it. Hmm. Which is really like, which we're going to talk about in a second, but it's really what we're doing when we do mitzvahs, right? When we take our body and do a mitzvah, the mitzvah is then... That action is then producing God's light. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a second. So in short, I actually did write it in a summary because I had a feeling, I'm sorry, I'm not super impressed with how I explain that, but hopefully we get it at the end. But in short, let's see. I wrote a summary. So let's see if this helps. Shechina of one world invests itself in the Chabad or i.e. Torah of the next world, right? So the Shekhinah of the, of the one world invests itself in the Chabad of the next world, right? Um, and that is the Holy of Holies of that world. And it goes throughout each world. So the Chabad of each world is the Holy of Holies, right? Because that's where everything emanates from. So each world has its Holy of Holies. The, it, each world's Holy of Holies is the brain. The brain of each world is Chabad, is the Torah, is Chachma Bina Das, right? All our intellectual powers, it all is all connected, right? So the system by which the divine energy gets passed down from the highest world to the lowest world. So what we were just all trying to explain here is the system of God's light being passed through each world until it gets down here. Okay, so that's chapter 52. Any questions before we move on? It might help when we finish, but do you, un do you understand enough what we were discussing? Do you understand that we were just trying to understand how God passes through each world, how he gets from one place to the next, what the system is, and why we're discussing this? Okay, we'll, we'll get to why we're discussing it, but it obviously has to do with the Holy of Holies, right? We want to understand why, what, why the Holy of Holies is like what it is in this world and how it is in all the previous worlds because it's all a mirror, right? Okay. And the Holies so, of Holies in this world, is that the one in Yerushalayim? Is that what you're so talking about? So when the temple was around, it was a physical place in a physical building. Right we're going to talk about what it looks like now. Okay. Cause we don't have that Holy of Holies anymore. Right. And that will be again in the time of Mashiach in the third temple, we will come back to that, but what's now in the interim. Okay. So chapter 53, we go back, we go into a little bit of the actual temple in the time of the first temple. Um, this is very fascinating in the times of the first temple, the Shechina, this godly presence, right, which we're talking about, passes through all the worlds. The amazing thing that happened in the first temple was that the Shekhinah went from Atzilus, the highest world, bypassed all the other worlds and came right into this world, into the Holy of Holies. So basically, in the Holy of Holies, during the first temple, was an extremely undiluted energy of God. 
which is why in many ways the first temple was spiritually greater than the second temple. The second temple was more beautiful physically, and the first temple was more was spiritually greater because it was undiluted godliness that came straight from the highest world and plopped right into the Holy of Holies without going through that whole chain. Okay. Um, and the second temple, the Shekhinah, the, there was still, it was still very, very uh, high godly light, but it went through all the worlds and then stopped in the Holy Pose. So basically, if you want to think of it as the local train and the express train, okay? So the first temple, express train, boom, boom, no stops, right? The second temple, the Shekhinah had to stop in every station, right? Because our ability during the second temples wasn't as great. We needed to be diluted more into the second temple in the Holy of Holies was much, was much more diluted, okay? So um, what's the same and what's different about the two temples? The same is that the Holy of Holies was still the contact point of the world that the Shekhinah, that God's light emanated from. The degree and level of light was different, but the contact point for light was the same in both temples, was the Holy of Holies. Yes? Okay. And what's different was the degree of Shechina that was being housed in the Holy of Holies. Right? We had a more diluted version in the second temple, an extremely um, authentic, pure version in the first temple. So both temples, the Holy of Holies was the contact point for God's light. It started in the Holy of Holies and emanated outward. The difference was what was the degree and level of that light that was emanating outwards. With me? Okay. Now, we have another question. What? What's the difference between both temples and now? Because now we don't have a Holy of Holies, which is what we're trying to get at is, what does it look like nowadays? What's the contact point for godliness nowadays? If we don't have a physical Holy of Holies in, because we have no temple, um, physical temple, what's the contact point for God's light in this world? Where does it come from? So if we go back to chapter 33 and 34, when we spoke about making ourselves a dwelling place for God, remember we spent a long time talking about making ourselves a dwelling place for God. What did we say um, makes a dwelling place for God in, our, in this world? What did we say specifically in our brain, something makes a, a dwelling place for God, something that is extremely potent, like it's, this is, gets the job done. Doing mitzvahs. Yes, but even more specifically, was when we studied halacha. Do you remember this? When we studied halacha, why? Because halacha is God's will. What's the closest way you get to God is by becoming one with his will. How do you become one with his will? By just by studying halacha, right? So we, um, so this is what happens. The shechina of Atzilus, the shechina of the highest world comes through the chain, right? Comes through all the worlds, comes to the lowest world, which is Asiya, which is the lowest world, right? Um, and then the contact point. So this is where you need to wrap our brain around this, but when we get it, it is mind-blowing. The contact point for godliness in this world is action. Okay? Because when, so the Shechina, when we study Torah and learn Halacha, that creates that um, dwelling place for God in our brain. And how does the light emanate outward, right? Through fulfilling the things that we learned. Physically. Through physically doing the things that our brain processed, learning Halacha, learning God's will. When we do that, when we have action, that is the contact point for godliness in this world, okay? So the way we connect 
is Tashem is the way is is the way in which God is manifested through our behaviors. Right? Which now helps us understand the metaphor even more. Okay, so we're not going to go back to the metaphor. Any questions before we do so? Okay, so oil, which we said um, in the beginning of the metaphor, in the, it, back when we learned the metaphor, we said the oil is mitzvahs, right? The oil also is um, chachma and wisdom, which always floats to the top, right? Oil always floats to the top. Wisdom always floats to the top, right? So how do we relate to chachma as it, inf- how do we relate to chachma as it, basically as it informs our behaviors, right? The divine will for us is manifest through how we live our day-to-day lives. Okay? So um, our experience of the way Hashem enters the world is through behavior. When we align with his will and physically perform his mitzvahs, right? And then we, then we are actually functioning as a holy of holies. So if you want to know where the holy of holies is now today in this world, you're a holy of holies. You're a holy of holies. You're a holy of holies. Because you are the contact point from which God emanates. Why? Because when we do God's will, when we are performing actions, when we're using our bodies to live a godly life, that is what brings light into this world. That's what creates a dwelling place for God. And you are now the contact point for Godliness, which makes you the Holy of Holies. That feels pretty scary. (laughs) It is scary. It is scary, but, uh, but because now we really know what's our power. When you recognize your power, what, what happens? First of all, it's empowering and it's scary because you recognize the power that you have. So when we recognize now that we don't need, I mean, obviously, ultimately, we want the third base on and that will culminate in a utopia, which we're all needing and waiting for. But right now in this world, we don't need a base on because we are walking holy of holies. Each and every one of us gets to be the contact point for God for godly life. Okay? So as you do mitzvahs, you generate light and become the light source to eliminate the world. So it goes back to the flame, the wick, and the oil, right? So if you want the world to be more godly, you act accordingly, right? Then you act as the holy of holies by the behavior that you choose to do. Okay, so um, something, an addition to what we want to add to this metaphor is that when we burn fuel, when fuel is being burnt, it is not a destruction. Nothing's being destroyed. It is a consumption and then transformation, right? So fuel's being burned to create light. Right? When something burns, it converts basically matter to energy. Okay? Um, so this metaphor helps us understand the transformation that's occurring when we do mitzvahs, right? The light that we're producing is coming from a transformation of matter to energy. We're using our physical bodies and we're doing physical things that now are converted into energetic godly light, right? This whole, whole time in Tanya is we are taking abstract things, uh, concepts and making it concrete. So, and we're also taking, con- at the same time, we're taking concrete objects and items and making them godly, which is abstract, okay? So Viktor Frankl said, that is, I'm, I'm gonna read from my quote, that is, that is which to give light must endure burning. In order to give light, something has to burn. Right? So 
that's what we're doing when we do a mitzvah. We are converting matter into energy. We're not destroying, we are transforming, right? And that's what happens when a fire is burning too. So um, what are we burning? What are we burning? Two, we have two levels, right? We have a tzaddik, right? Who can transform his insides to perfection, right? So he's transforming his, everything about him, his insides and his outsides. And then we have the Bainini that can't necessarily transform his insides completely, but transforms his behaviors. So that he takes the behaviors, his, the way his body works, the energy that the body produces and transforms that light to emanate godliness into this world. So what the Bani is doing is taking, we're taking our physical body, our physical energy and transforming that to godliness. That's what's burning our physicality, our physical body, our physical actions is now burning and transforming and create the godly light of this world. You are doing it right now. We're all doing it right now. You are mostly because we're sitting in this. My hands are flailing. <laughs> and you're talking. I'm using a lot of energy. <laughs> you're using a lot of energy and you're, you're yeah. I'm talking and I'm your all voice activated. and everything. All that yes. you're doing. But but the same, but the same you being here, spending your energy and your time and your brain studying Tanya, you are you are now walking holy of holies, right? You are now the contact point for godliness. Okay. Um, so what I really love, one of the biggest messages that I'm that I took away from these last three chapters is physicality is potential spirituality right? Our body, our animal soul is all potential spirituality. Yes, it's physical, but it's potential spirituality. So, um, um, at the close of Tanya, we might go a tiny bit over, but you'll forgive me because it's the last class. Um, at the Tanya, at the close of Tanya, we're making, we're, we're making a complete 180, right? In the beginning, when we um, realized we have two souls, right? And they were opposing souls and they um, warring against each other, right? The war of the small city and they're constantly fighting against each other, right? We thought that conflict was a bad thing. We wanted to get rid of the conflict. We wanted to not have this warring, opposing souls in our body, right? But now at the end of Tanya, we understand to the contrary that the conflict isn't bad. It's not an obstacle in our service of Hashem. It's the very fuel that, that fuels our service of Hashem, right? We need it. We if need you it. use it in the right way, right? How do you use it in the right way? By doing mitzvahs, right? So this whole conflict thing, is not, we don't want to, we don't want to get rid of it. We don't, it's not an obstacle. This is not holding us back. It's actually the fuel source of our service of Hashem. Okay. So godly light in your life is coming from the transformation and the conversion of your body and your animal soul. How are we creating godliness in this world? We create godliness in this world through doing mitzvahs. You need a body to do mitzvahs, right? We said this a million times. Disembodied souls don't get to do mitzvahs. They can't do this. Angels can't do this. Souls in heaven can't do this. When you're dead, you can't do this, right? We need our physical body and our animal soul to do the mitzvahs. So the transformation, when we're using our body and our animal soul to do mitzvahs, that's, trans, that's transformation. And that's what brings godly light into this world. So we are the holy of holies. This is the essential formula to bring godliness. It's our bodies. It's our energy. It's our physical energy. It's our animal soul. It's not a problem. It's the solution. So what we thought in the beginning of Tanya, which is getting in our way, which is conflict, which is hard and obstacle, we want to get rid of it. We now come to understand that that's not a problem. It's the solution. 
We just have to use it in the right way, right? It's central to our service of Hashem. It has to be because or else we would never be in a body. If we didn't need bodies to serve Hashem, then we would all be angels, right? So it has to be that the body is the central service of Hashem. It has to be that the body, we can't do without the body, right? So engage your body, fuel the flame, fuel the fire, okay? And the last line of Tanya is, Hashem, your God is a consuming fire. So I know that's used a lot for like fire and brimstone and scary things, but what it is, it's revealing to us the formula, right? Hashem is a consuming fire. Take your unholiness, don't run from it or bemoan it, right? Use that as a fuel for the godly flame. Create a world with more godly light because physicality is potential spirituality. Okay? And which I just want to make sure that you understand how this goes back to that metaphor, right? The oil, the wick, and the flame, right? So the wick is the body, right? You can't have a, a service or a fire without... A, a thing, a body to hold it, right? So the wick is the body. The oil is our actions and our Torah wisdom, right? And through using our body, doing the mitzvot, that's what's going to create the flame. That's what's going to create this godly light. You are the holy of holies. We are walking holy of holies. Every time we do a mitzvah, every time we do God's will, we are transforming our physical self to be the contact point for godly light in this world. And that, my friends, is the culmination of the first part of Tanya. I want everyone to pat yourself on the back. I want everyone who has gone through this journey to really, really, really feel proud because it was a huge commitment and we, we did this together. I have gained and learned so much from you guys and from doing this process and it was a huge opportunity and I just want to thank all of you for making it possible and for encouraging me along the way and making sure I didn't give up <laughs> and um I am so grateful you're any wonderful. questions um before we'll do a we'll do an ending meditation to culminate our wonderful journey um but before then do we have any questions I'm sorry that the whole world thing was not as clear but do we understand it now um, I just have a question. I'm so sorry that I that I joined y'all only recently, you know, and okay. I don't go back, go back to the beginning. Yeah, I yes. recorded. <laughs> I will. Um, I'm not sure what 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 is there going forward. It, are, are you stopping this or I just don't know okay. the mechanics. So that, that is a little bit in the air. So we have now, there's there's a few sections to Tanya, but the main part of Tanya that's learned the most is this 50, 53 chapters. Um, and we have finished that. So we are wrapping this up. Now, the question is, um, do we just wrap it up and we're done and everything's recorded and people can always go back and listen? Or do we start another class? Someone mentioned maybe starting from the beginning and going more in depth because the way we did Tanya is really a bird's eye view. We took main themes of each chapter and talked about them, but I can't even tell you how much more there is to delve into. So we could start again and go more in depth, which would take us a few weeks per chapter. We can start something else or we say this was great and we're done, right? So there's a lot of options. Um, and I'm definitely Passover is coming, whatever. So we're definitely taking a little pause in our classes till we regroup and decide what comes next. And now that I don't have an Instagram page, I don't know how that's going to happen. <laughs> Just kidding. We can make it happen, but I'm still bemoaning my, my reality. Although doing this really helped me gain perspective. I was able to put that aside and focus on what matters. So does that make sense? Thank you. Yes. So okay. yes. Okay, perfect. So we're kind of like wrapped up in a nice little bow. And then the next step, next step is to be determined soon. Yeah, I'm not done. 
<laughs> I'm not done. Whatever you want to do is okay with me, but I'm not done. <laughs> okay. Okay. I hear you. Love it. I'm with you, Carrie. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I love her. You I guys get first dibs because you are the hardcore Zoom people who deserve all the, the credit in the world. So you know, we can, we can even talk between ourselves and then just tell the rest of the world what we're doing. <laughs> That's the Man, just being on coming live. You're very um, special. Okay. So let's do a meditation, but <laughs> I want to end with a few like take home culminating powerful motivational statements. Okay. So get comfortable. Take a deep breath. Let all that tension go. Focus on that intentional breathing we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. When you breathe in, expand your chest, your heart center. And when you exhale, try to ground your body through your pubic bone and do that for a couple seconds or minutes. As you focus on your intentional breath, just imagine this great godly, because we're learning Tanya, godly light just coming into your body, which is that hosts your soul, right? And just allow it to melt any tension that you might be feeling. You can uh, kind of observe and be aware of where you hold tension in your body and then focus that ray of sunshine, that ray of light in that, in that part of your body to melt away that tension. I want to leave you with, we're not going to worry about the different levels of the world and how God's light travels through all the worlds, because although like maybe that helps us kind of understand things in a deeper way, it's not the end game. What I want you to focus is on is the end game. The end game is, is that we are the Holy of Holies. We are the contact point for light in this world. How? through action. When we do a mitzvah, when we use our body, we use our animal soul to fulfill God's will, that creates the godly light. That is the contact point for light in this world comes through us. Okay, scary and powerful and empowering. Physicality is potential spirituality. So all the struggles that we thought were obstacles and the fact that we thought that we have conflict was uh, something to overcome and something to, you know, that's an obstacle that's tripping us up. Really, that's the fuel for the godly light. So at the end of this incredible journey, what I want you to go home with is to recognize your power to recognize how God created us, to recognize that we are the holy of holies. We are the contact point for godly light in this world. When we use our body and our energy to do actions, to do godly actions, that's where it's at. That's where we create godly light.
Okay, so if you go away from Tanya with one thing, this is what you go home with. Physicality is potential spirituality, not an obstacle, not a deterrent, not a poor me. It is our fuel. Sit with that for a second. How are you going to translate this into your daily life? What are you going to do to be a walking holy of holies? And with that, bring your attention back to your breath. Ground yourself for another minute. Wiggle your fingers and toes. And open your eyes when you're ready. Okay. We did it. Bravo, bravo. I'm going to stop the recording.